Hello and welcome to the Red Team podcast with me, Colin Talbot, talking about government, public policies and public services. This week, Prime Minister Boris Johnson threatened to, and I quote, privatise the arse of the passports agency for failures in its public duties. Bringing back debates from the 1980s and 90s about privatisation versus nationalisation. One of the most interesting books on the public versus private nature of organisations was published in 1987 by Professor Barry Bozeman of Arizona State University in the United States. I interviewed Barry shortly before his retirement in a couple of weeks' time. Okay, Barry, so I'd be really interested if you could rehearse some of the arguments you put forward in 1987 when the whole privatisation versus nationalisation debate was at its height, both in Britain and America, I think. Um, And your book, I I found intriguing at the time with its title of All Organisations are Public. So perhaps you could explain that for us. Sure. Well, uh, one little known fact is the original name of the book, which was much more cumbersome, was All Organisations are Public and Private. (laughs) Because the... uh, the basic idea behind the book was that, um, and of course, that would have been a little bit of an exaggeration, but not, not much. The basic idea behind the book was uh, that all organizations are constrained by and respond to political authority, including the most private of private organizations, and uh, economic authority, including the most core government organizations. And the basic idea was we can begin to understand organizations a little better if we consider which ones are high or low on publicness and which ones are high and low on privateness. And that's not going to correspond very well to their legal sector affiliation. So it was not written primarily as, a, uh, as an instrumental uh, book about privatization. I don't think privatization is even mentioned much in it. But it turns out it was used a great deal by people who were uh, in various privatization debates. And, uh, and I like the fact that it was used by both sides or all sides of the debate. But uh, so the, the probably the primary lesson for privatization was it's important to understand the particular needs for political authority and market authority and design organizations and institutions for optimization not according to ideology or some sort of uh, uh, gross and overgeneralized expectations about the way sectors operate, most of which are mythological anyway. Yeah, I, I was fascinated by something I read uh, relatively recently. It's a, a very good book about the history of the private sector corporation um, by a couple of British journalists. And one of the points they made was that when the limited liability joint stock company was first introduced into English law, uh, British law, in uh, the mid-1850s, it was denounced at the time by the Economist magazine as being uh, a a socialistic measure. Uh, They changed their minds a bit later, but it's quite interesting that probably the main organisational instrument of contemporary capitalism, joint stock companies, um, was seen as being heavily influenced by publicness, as you would call it. Well, it's almost almost, uh, communistic because it has an interlocking cabal. So (laughs) so (laughs) you can see how that can easily be viewed. 
Uh, most of those kinds of logics uh, uh, come back around and become circular after a while. So it's not even that surprising, I guess. So could you just explain a bit more about what, exactly what you mean by publicness? Because I think yeah, sure. people are not familiar with just how public some private organizations are. Right. Well, the, uh, there's a couple of ways I've elaborated. Uh, one is that I, I teach about this stuff. I teach public organization theory. And so one way that gets it across very easily, uh, I do this in my first organization theory class every time as I have a little case study I do about the experience of going into the McDonald's Incorporated, the Golden Arches, and having a hamburger. And I have the students compete to write down all of the government influences that occasion that experience. Everything from laws regarding uh, the temperature of their coffee to uh, zoning laws that determine where they can be built. Anyway, so so far, the I think the record for all of the students uh, hover somewhere around 134 different ways in which McDonald's is public, including relying on public funds, which of course most people don't expect. And so uh, one of the ways that's kind of easy to make this case is to just uh, have people think systematically about the ways in which political authority, not just laws, but also ordinances, also uh, norms, influence every organization practically on earth, except for maybe a few very small voluntary organizations of friends. Otherwise, there's some kind of political authority that influences everyone, for good or bad. You know, sometimes it's desperately needed. Like, for example, we really do like to have zoning sometimes. We really do like to have protections for employees so that when they're injured. You know, so, uh, and then other times maybe a little bit intrusive. But the basic point is that uh, it's always the case that political authority, and uh, to, to a great extent as well, uh, market authority uh, is also going to influence everything. The other thing that I've done inside just uh, telling stories and, and, uh, and, and teaching this kind of theory is I also have done research on it for years. And so uh, what I've tried to do is isolate uh, different kinds of uh, basic functions that organizations perform, all organizations perform, like for example, developing resources, uh, developing rules about personnel and workers, uh, all, everything that they do that, that is common to all of them and try to determine the extent to which these core functions are influenced by government or influenced by markets. And what we find inevitably is a mix. There's, a, there's, a, there's nothing that would qualify as a pure political authority organization, just as there's nothing that qualifies as a pure uh, market authority organization. And so what happens is, is uh, we go from that to try to think about uh, typologies and how to optimize those typologies. Uh, the first bit of research that we did, uh, I think it was about 10 years after the, the book that uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, was some work that I did with uh, Michael Crow, my colleague, uh, who's also at Arizona State now, happens to be the president uh, at the moment. And we did some work uh, that developed public-private typologies for research and development laboratories all across America, hundreds of them, empirical data, case data. And that was a wonderful, wonderful beginning place because the, uh, what we found was that uh, they were spread out all over the matrix. If you kind of think of uh, publicness and privateness as an in-dimensional matrix, 
uh, they are everywhere because of the nature of the uh, uh, the nature of the dependence of the firms on government, the nature of uh, the federal laboratory system, which is uh, just bizarre contradictions of different types of political authority. And so it was a good sort of wedge to just demonstrating quickly and easily uh, first that all organizations are a mix of political and economic authority, but more important that it has consequences. So if you know something about that mix, you also will know something about the niche in which they will perform well and the niche in which they will not. So the, uh, uh, to some extent, uh, that's been, uh, that type of work has been, despite the fact being fairly theoretical and academic, has been influential because a lot of people who are lab directors bought it and, uh, and actually really thought about it and worked with us for a while. And so I spent several years after that trying to help them design uh, uh, science centers and our, uh, our science industry centers to try to get the organization design optimized in ways that would make sense. So there, there are some uh, potentially practical uses to the idea. No, that's very interesting. Did you, uh, do you have an example the other way around to your McDonald's one about publicness in terms of what are generally regarded as public organizations and the way in which economic authority penetrates them? Yeah, yeah the, uh, oh, for years I worked with uh, the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority, which nobody ever heard of, except this is the largest uh, energy policy organization in America other than the Department of Energy. And uh, they actually were responsive to markets incredibly. Uh, most of their, uh, their resources, even though they were a public authority, uh, came from the marketplace. They, uh, they also uh, were very much in the business of licensing technology and developing and putting and developing contracts with private firms to share the technology. So they're very much a private uh, organization. Uh, toll roads, you know, and a lot of highway systems, the uh, are now paid almost entirely by uh, fees and user funds. So there's actually quite a few examples of, uh, of organizations in government that are very much market-based. Uh, the, the way this all got started, um, just the first empirical glimmer in my eye, years before even the book, was I was doing a study of uh, aerospace firms in the United States. And it was a very simple study. But the idea behind it was to look at the extent to which they had government contracts. And uh, there were, at the time, 12 major aerospace firms. And so what was so interesting about this was that they varied hugely according to whether they relied on government contracts. Uh, some, the, the range was uh, between 11% uh, reliance, that was the least reliance on government contracts, to uh, 93%. And it, again, you could predict a great deal about the behavior of the firms. Uh, you could not predict and say, well, this is having more is better, less is better, but it didn't work that way. But you could, again, predict what types of tasks they were going to perform well. So after that, I also did some work on uh, what I referred to as the reach of government, looking at uh, the changes in organizations according to the extent to which they became reliant on government resources of various types and the changes in the organizations. And what I found was very interesting, which is after a certain point, um, the, uh, some private firms can begin to resemble core government organizations more than many government organizations do. Uh, so, so, the, the, it's, uh, so I guess if there's any kind of simple lesson, it's, it's that the mix matters 
uh, and that there's not uh, one size fits all. But the mix matters and understanding the relationship of the design purpose of your organization to the types of uh, bases of authority that you need for running the organization is a complex uh, and an intellectually challenging problem for people who study organizations and also for managers. Absolutely. And I, I, I think it's been a really useful reminder that the differences between public and private are a lot more nuanced than the ideological debate that takes place often oh, gives scope for. So It'll thanks be, uh, very much for joining me, Barry. That's been really, I very really much useful. enjoyed it. Was, it was great talking with you.